Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar and Said Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak to industry experts about the changing landscape of marketing, sharing evidence and inspiration for the future. I'm Dr. Nikki Morley, Global Innovation Lead for the Kantar Sustainability Practice. I'm also Head of Behavioural Science and Innovation Expertise in the UK Insights Business at Kantar. Today I'm talking to Von Sai, the CEO and founder of the uh, brand Nimble. Now Von, I'm delighted to be chatting to you today because I know that your products have just hit the big supermarket shelves and hence I really wanted to get an exclusive with you as to sort of the journey that you've been on. I know that your brand is very much what we call a born good brand, one that was born to do good and sustainable things. So Von, it would be lovely to tell us a bit about the journey that's got you to this stage the adventure you've been on so far. Thank you so much, Nikki, for having me in this podcast. I'm very excited to speak to you about uh, my journey so far. But yeah, maybe before I share with you my journey in Nimble and, you know, launching it up to this day, yeah, maybe just a bit of a background. So I'm originally from the Philippines. I moved to the UK back in 2006 to basically join uh, Unilever here uh, in the UK. I've built my career as an R&D professional and I'm a chemist by profession. And Back in 2013, I realized I wanted to do something different. And that's why I basically took the leap of faith and left Unilever. Fantastic employer. But yeah, eventually I left and tried to set up my own business, which is Nimble. Nimble is a baby plant-based household cleaning brand that is specializing on cleaning products specifically for children's things. And I started it off really off the back of a very good conversation that I've had with my sister when I left my employment in 2013. That time I was kind of soul searching in a way. At that time I just got married. I moved down uh, to London and yeah, I didn't quite know yet what I wanted to do. And then my wife told me, you know what, you know, you've always been wanting to start your own business so why don't you start it now while we don't have any financial responsibilities yet 
So in 2014, that's when, you know, I, I've incorporated Nimble as a business. And yeah, I had a lot of fun developing the, the idea, developing the brand, developing the product. It took me about 18 months, kind of like uh, get my head around things. But yeah, eventually in 2015, that's when I launched Nimble into the market. Fast forward now in 2021, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to say that, you know, we're still standing, we are growing. We are now in about 900 stores here in the UK. Um, we've just launched in Tesco in 500 UK stores and another 70 in Ireland. And then we also have distribution in 400 stores with Sainsbury's. And in addition to this, we're also selling our products on Ocado, Amazon, and our own website. What's very exciting about Nimble at this stage is that in the supermarket baby aisle, we now have a one meter shelf space you know, on the shelves. And it's just amazing because it was just a dream a few years ago, but now it's a reality for me and it's been an amazing journey. Can you tell me a little bit about how the idea came to you, how the idea to do sort of plant-based baby products came to you? Yeah, so it started off um, with a conversation with my sister, uh, who at that time just had a baby, who's my first ever niece. This was back in 2013, 2014 time. And she was telling me that she was having challenges in, in washing her baby's bottles. It was either going cloudy because of the milk that is getting left behind, or it would uh, smell of strong washing up liquid smell which she didn't feel comfortable to have, especially that, you know, it's her baby who was drinking from the bottle. So, yeah, she was just asking me for, for advice on how to, you know, get rid of the smell of the washing up liquid. After having that chat with her, I realized that it's actually a, a real problem because initially I thought she just didn't wash the bottles properly. But yeah, after like interviewing her and grilling her, I eventually got convinced that she was doing the right thing. It was a real problem that parents face and I had to do a number of research to really convince myself before jumping into uh, into this world. So yeah, I did qualitative research, uh, interviewing moms whom I know. And then eventually I even went to John Lewis in Oxford Street to do a bit of a survey. I had my clipboard back then with five questions, you know, asking, tapping the shoulders of the moms, asking them if they could fill out a, a form for me to help me understand their challenges around baby bottle cleaning. And from that research, yeah, I was able to get real data to tell me that it is a real problem. So that's when I committed myself to invest some of our own savings to develop the product which is now, uh, by the way, patented here in the UK and in Europe. And I, I developed the product. And then after that, I developed the branding, the supply chain and everything around it. And that's how I ended up starting Nimble. And through this exposure to the world of babies and cleaning around babies, that's where I realized that mm, actually, in fact, there's a, a room for a brand to fill this space because there's no one brand yet uh, in the UK and in Europe that fills this space. And basically what I've set out to do in Nimble is I want us to become the top of mind brand when it comes to parents who have young children and they need to clean up after their children. So yeah, the way I tell investors and, and other people is that I want Nimble to be known as the Ellis Kitchen of the household cleaning category. So it looks like you've really found your sort of meaningfully different niche. And, and, and what role does sustainability play in the, the brand that you've developed? Yeah, this has been you know, an incredible journey for me to understand what it is 
that I want Nimble to stand for. Because in, in the earlier days of, of the business and of the brand, I kind of like faced a fork in the road in terms of positioning Nimble. This was, you know, we're talking about 2015, 2016, when yes, there are a number of eco brands already out in the market, speaking to a number of retailers and investors. Yeah, it felt like the easier f- way for me as a brand to grow is to really focus our positioning around sustainability and talk about being eco, being kind to the planet and things like that and drop the baby, the baby proposition to one side. But then I just knew that sustainability has to have a meaning to the end customer. You know, it's it can't just be something that is good for the planet. There has to be an innate uh, advantage or benefit for the end customer, whether it be translated as convenience, or efficacy, it has to just have something meaningful for the customer himself or herself. So that's how I ended up positioning Nimble as a baby plant-based household cleaning brand. So what I've done is to make sure that sustainability is the cornerstone of the technology that we use in in the products. But then it's kind of like the springboard as well to communicate the benefit, which is safety and efficacy. And this is you know something that really paid off now because now you know four or five years down the line i can see that there's a number of eco brands sprouting like mushrooms everywhere now when you go on on instagram on facebook there's a number of um, these eco brand startups that are coming up and yeah they're all kind of like fighting in the space of being eco and i'm just really happy that we've carved a niche over the last few years which is around baby and this is a very protected niche that we've now uh, secured ourselves. That's brilliant. Absolute music to my ears. We're always talking to our clients about finding something that's meaningful and that sustainability is, it can often be a gift that comes with that or actually the reason it exists. But actually, ultimately, it's about being meaningfully different to a consumer. So you probably had some challenges along the way as a small brand. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Can you tell us a bit about some of the challenges and hurdles you've perhaps had to overcome along the way? Sure. I would say the first challenge is that when when I started Nimble, I only had one product in the in the range, which was available in two SKUs. The, the main SKU, which is a 200 ml trigger spray bottle, and then a 60 ml travel bottle. And you know, those were the two products that I was bringing to my meetings with retailers. So you won't believe it, but yeah, I, I already spoke to Tesco and Sainsbury's, you know, as early as 2015, 2016, but I just got turned down. And the feedback that I got is that, you know what, the baby bottle cleaner, milk buster product concept is a really strong one, 
But then from a commercial point of view, it's just not going to make the cut because it's too much work for a retailer to range a one product brand. So the feedback that I got uh, from these retailers is that, why don't you come back uh, to us when you have a full range? Yeah. <laughs> and that was basically the, the main message that I got. And I thought, oh, okay, great. That That's a message that's very clear, very good feedback. But the issue was that I've already spent all our savings developing and launching Milkbuster, which is the first product. So I didn't have any cash left to to develop new products. So that's how I ended up really going into this whole journey of uh, finding investors and things like that. And it was a huge challenge for me as, as an individual and as an entrepreneur, because primarily I'm not from the country. I didn't really have the right networks. And so it took me a while to kind of like build the right network, perfect a, a, an investor pitch that makes sense, learn the language of fundraising and just really yeah, develop the business so that it is something that will be attracting investment. 12 months after I actually began that journey of uh, finding investment in the early part of 2017. And then in September 2017, that's where I've managed to secure my first ever investment. It took me a while, but we eventually got there. And I would say that was the, the one of the largest challenges that I've faced. And what was the elevator pitch you gave the investors that, that made the difference? <laughs> this is a, a very good question because, you know, when you're, when you have your own business, you, when you meet someone, you tell them so much about your business, thinking that people are ready to listen to like a one minute pitch uh, about the business. So eventually after, you know, a lot of networking and things like that, I've already figured out that I need to have a seven second pitch just to tickle the senses in a way. And then if that catches the attention, then that's when I give the full like 60 second pitch. But yeah, my seven second pitch is as simple as Nimble is an exciting range of baby plant-based household cleaning products that are now sold in a number of supermarkets. And when an investor hears that and wants to find out more, then that's when I tell more. Yeah, uh, but I only have that seven second pitch. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it obviously did the trick. <laughs> now... I don't want to spend too much time sort of talking about COVID, but I, I imagine you've had some challenges along the way with you know COVID as well. So tell us a bit about what happened. Right. So we are in a very fortunate place in the sense that cleaning products have really boomed during the pandemic. It's never been a better time to be in the cleaning product space. And we were quite fortunate as well that when the pandemic started in March 2020, we've actually just launched in Sainsbury's four weeks prior to that. And then two weeks prior to the lockdown being announced, we also got aired on Dragon's Den. So we, you know, we, we have great distribution and great brand awareness coming into the pandemic. So it was a good place for us. But the difficulty that we had was our supply chain. We were not ready at all for what was to come. So firstly, we had a huge influx of orders coming from Sainsbury's and also from our own website and Amazon. But we were not ready to serve it because our supply chain had to um, reduce their production uh, capacity as a result of COVID. We had to switch factories within four weeks. I already managed to secure conversations with the factory owners at the back end of 2019 because I was already, you know, scoping the idea of moving into a bigger factory. So I'm, I'm just thankful that we already had those conversations at the back end of 2019 that we could easily pick up when COVID hit. In, in April, we were able to move to a new factory that 
could produce a lot more. And from there, that's where we were able to fulfill the orders for all our sales channels. But that also changed the way we work as a team. You know, obviously we were working in an office prior to COVID, you know, with the pandemic, we were all just working from home. So it was a lot of us trying to make sense of what's happening in the world, uh, but also trying to make sense on, you know, how do we work more effectively and efficiently? And now we're actually loving, you know, working from home. Uh, we now have our routines. Our meetings are much more efficient now because we know that, okay, we only have an hour of time with each other. So, you know, we come in prepared, we have an agenda, we have like a standing agenda uh, for our functional meetings. So it's been working very well. Fantastic. I just want to take you back to the topic of sustainability now. And I want to ask a two-part question. Obviously, the area of sustainability has arguably become a major topic for consideration for brands and manufacturers. And our work with our barometer data and our foundation study has really shown that consumers are demanding that clients and manufacturers take action. What I want to understand from you is two, in two parts. What advice do you have for small brands like yourself setting out in the sustainability space? And also my second part to that is what advice do you have for the bigger brands who are really trying to pivot themselves into that more sustainable space? I would say I would go back to what I, what I shared earlier in terms of like the fork in the road that I had to face when I was setting up the brand. It's really about knowing what is it that your consumers want and realizing that, yes, sustainability is, is an important thing for everyone. But then when push comes to shove, more often than not, sustainability goes out of the window first. Yeah. So you need to find, you know, whether you're a small brand or a big brand, you need to find a reason for your consumers to, to still support you if sustainability has to go out of the window for some reason. Um, and in our case, that is uh, translated into the safety and efficacy message of Nimble as a brand. And the, the plant-based sustainability story is a reason to believe for them that it's a safe and efficacious product. So yeah, I, I would say you know, it's a lot easier to really just hone in on the messaging on you know being eco, being plant-based, being sustainable. But yeah, really challenge yourself as, as a brand or an owner or a, as a brand marketer to really find the reason from your consumers as to why they would buy your brand and your products if sustainability had to go out of the window. Because once you crack that, then you'll have something that will truly cut through the noise. You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar and Said Business School. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you never miss an episode.